Good morning. Hey, welcome today. This is John Esfri with Origin Gates Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. And glad to be sharing today. Uh, here in America, we're celebrating this weekend the 4th of July, which is our American independence becoming a nation of our own. Some 200 and, oh gosh, been 40 years ago now. Uh, hard to, 45 years ago. Quite a while. Anyway, um, not as long as some of y'all nations. Uh, we're a baby nation in some regards. But uh, what I like about Independence Day is rather interesting. I look at the correlation of what Jesus did for us as a people setting us free into the liberty, free from bondage, free from sin and iniquity, free from the things that had locked us up to walk in the liberty of Christ, to walk in the goodness of God, in His image as we were made. And so for me, there's a dual celebration. Uh, we love Fourth of July. We love fireworks. We love barbecues or brides, as the uh, South Africans say. Um, swimming, summertime, all the fun things. Family get-together, all the things that are encompassed in that. Um, but for me, really, the liberty in Christ, the thing that we have going for us that Jesus gave to us through the death, burial, and resurrection, and when it says we're baptized into him and raised into his resurrection, the power of the resurrection that's inside of us, that works in us, that we're engaged with through baptism, through communion, all those things, it's a supernatural thing. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Ian's uh, teaching on what actually transacted within the grave and, and coming into relationship through the resurrection power, uh, that moment um, when that engagement took place. You need to get a hold of that, listen to that. It's absolutely phenomenal. And we so underestimate who we are, what we are, when it says we're made in His image, the Father's image. Here He is, the infinite ultimate power source, love source. Um, I mean, any descriptive you put on him begins to minimize and, and shrink down uh, really who he is because any descriptor uh, encapsulizes him into a smaller mode. So, I mean, it's nice to talk about an attribute, but really he is all in all. He is everything. He is the great I am. He is who we've been brought into uh, through Christ's uh, resurrection. And so, um, all that about liberty, independence, goodness of God, I love that. Um, but beyond that, one of the things that's really been on my heart lately is the um, cacophony or chaos that seems like mankind continues to find himself in instead of a place of peace. And... Um, you know, the Bible's pretty clear about who we are in Him, that He's a friend closer than a brother. He supplies all our needs according to His capacity, not ours. Uh, that He is good, His mercy endures forever. Um, in Him we live and move, and we have our being, our existence. Being is a verb um, that is a function. Uh, he sticks closer than a brother. Um, We've been created in His image and likeness. Surely goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. 
He gives us all we have need of pertaining to life and godliness. The problem I see is this. Um, people don't follow, follow the admonishment, take time to be still and know that I am God, that great I am is God, that he is Yahweh, that he is God, the full supply in your life. They clip along day by day, moment by moment, and they wake up in the morning with a cacophony of what was taking place last night on the news or in, in, in their day-to-day workplace. They don't disengage. They don't engage in the place of the night watch. They don't engage with the place of Yahweh. And a lot of people I know that are fully immersed in, in the things that we've been talking about and the things that we're doing, I find they still get wrapped up in the stress and trials of what goes on day by day. And a lot of it boils down to being still and knowing He is God. People don't find it profitable, by their definition, to be still. And the power of being still, quieting everything down, engaging with Him, would set so many people free if they would only engage with that process. And what do I mean by that? I mean the whole process of breathing, looking into Yahweh, looking into His presence, looking into His face, just sitting there, quieting who you are on the outside, quieting everything around you, and getting some time to tune in to where He is and who He is and where we abide in Him. And so what that would look like is here we are sitting we start breathing, we begin to see our engagement of the place we really habitate, which is the heavenly arena, because it says in the Word, I am seated with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so if that's the truth of the matter, and by the way, truth supersedes facts. Engagement with truth is a process or a function that changes facts. So don't get confused with truth and facts. If you live by facts, oh, I've got this situation or that situation or this other thing, you're going to be stuck in a weird place. Engage with the process or the spirit of truth and change the facts around your life. So that's just a little rabbit trail there, a little side note. But if we take the time to really begin to um, sit in that place with him, recognize our habitation spot, and quiet yourself. Be still. It's challenging to know that He is God when we're so busy with our own lives that we can't find time to be still. What does that look like, like I was going to say? If I sit there and I close my eyes and I just engage with heavenly, the heavenly arena and I look at my place, my seat, and the place where I sit and I function, and I begin to turn my face towards the Father. I begin to look to Him for the answers I need in my life. Not just answers. I'm not going with an agenda in my heart. But more just to see His face in relationship. To engage with who He is and what He is. And find a place of rest in Him. And a lot of times the process of breathing or meditation uh, facilitates that. So for instance, if I'm sitting there... I recognize the tree of life on the inside of me and my keter, my crown on the top. I begin to look, and as I breathe, 
you functionally breathe with your mouth and nostrils, but if you breathe through the gateway at the top of your head and you see the atmosphere of heaven engaging through you, you sit there and just breathe in for four or five seconds, hold it, and release it out through yod, hey, vav, hey. Do it again. Breathe in, hold it, breathe out through yod, hey, vav, hey. Do that 10 times, 20 times, whatever it takes for you. And then begin to sit in that place where you're just with him, all alone. You're disconnected from the stuff, the chaos of life. And you're waiting on him. You're looking into him. You're leaning into his heart. You're just sitting in his presence. You don't have to do. You don't have to function. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You just be with him. And as you do that, there's this peace that passes all understanding that begins to keep your heart and your mind. And it's tangible. It's palpable. You can feel it as you're functioning. And so when you do that, then you're in this place where you can breathe out in and around your place of function in this creation and see the manifestation of the goodness of God. The voices still, the noise stills, all the worries begin to fade away because you found yourself in that place with Him. The other thing that begins to take place in the middle of this process is that you recognize where you're located at. And as you recognize that you're located in Him, there's something interesting that happens. You begin to have your being. Having your being is an interesting thing. In the verses it talks about, in Him I live and move and have my being. When you have your being, you begin to see the function of who you are in the image of God. It says when he made us in his image and likeness, we're in as a son and as a uh, the same way of operation, so to speak. The same way, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. As you begin to recognize that you're living in him, you begin to have your being. You begin to sit in a place of understanding your being. You begin to be. You begin to exist and function and rule and reign and operate as Yahweh operates. So the more you sit in that place, just resting with Him in the infinite presence of Yahweh, the more you begin to have your being. And that's where you become in control is not really the right word, but overriding the full power and capacity of your likeness of Yahweh. You begin to function with understanding. You begin to function with uh, purpose and intentionality and you begin to direct you have your being in that place where everything then becomes subservient to who and what you are all the issues of life all the facts that have to change all the situations that you find yourself in in life 
because you're still and know that he is God, then the recognition that you're made in his image and likeness comes into a place of understanding. Um, the Hebrews have an understanding that uh, all of this flows through wisdom and then arcs over into understanding. So the wisdom about how all this works comes from that abiding place in him where you're still and becoming, yeah, stepping into the place of knowing God. And as you begin to function and have your being, you operate from an absolute place of peace. You operate from a place of authority and power. But it's also a place of rest because you begin to know who you are and what you are. And you're not scrambling and fighting and wrestling with something that you feel like you have no control over. So again, my place of setting in a place of being still and knowing him, this isn't just a one-time thing. Uh, the Hebrews in the wilderness had to go back and get manna every day, provision, supply, what they had need of for their lives. Every day they did that. Uh, with the exception of the day of rest, they got a double portion. And uh, We live in a day of rest and get double portions constantly, so it's, it's a good thing. Um, but when you go in and you spend time with him in a place of being still, like I said, I do that. I go into that process of breathing, closing my eyes, and beginning to see my seat and my place in this heavenly arena, the heavenly household that I, that I exist in. Because remember, creation and earth and all of that, the place where your feet come into touch is a place of function that you as a spirit being can change and affect. It's not necessarily the place of your habitation. Your place of habitation becomes more real the more you engage with Yahweh, the more you engage with time with Him. And it's not even time. It supersedes time. It supersedes space. It's absolutely a place of infinite. It's Him. It's in the core of His being. And so, um, as I breathe through the name of Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, I find myself as man standing on the inside of God. In Him I live and move and have my being. I'm fully immersed in everything of who He is and what He is. And He begins to shape my environment, or I begin to shape my environment because of my place and position in Him. The more you do, the more you realize that the troubles of the natural arena, uh, the troubles of this chaotic existence around us, have no bearing and have no grip and no strength. Matter of fact, when you're in this place, you don't even see, you don't even sense that there is anything. So when you come into your daily function, maybe it's your job or maybe it's your um, business or your uh, homestead, wherever you're at, all the stuff is still. It's nullified. It has no voice anymore. It's critical that it has no voice, that the only voice on the inside of your life is the voice and resonance of Yahweh's voice resonating, vibrating, working through you. 
let there be, let there be, let there be. Everything he created on the inside of you, his voice is the voice that's critical, not the voices of all the noise of stuff. What voice do you connect with? What voice do you adhere to? What voice are you living in? If you're living just in this realm, uh, earthly realm, with no connection to him, taking time to be still and know that he is Yahweh, then you're listening to the wrong voices and you're going to be uh, batted about with every wind of doctrine. You're going to be like a ship in the sea without a rudder, thrashed about in no control. Facts will rule your life. The spirit of truth is who you want to connect with and what you want to connect with and allow truth to supersede facts because of your engagement and function with it. Anyway, love you guys. Just uh, wanted to share a couple of thoughts that was on my heart. And may you have a most blessed day.